God bless you, fam. Thanks so much once again for your giving. Pray the multiplication of the miraculous power of God would just rest on your seed, rest on your tithe, rest on your offering, that the word of the living God will break forth in your life, and that God will prove himself through what it is that he said. And speaking of what he said, it is preaching time in the house of God. Hope that you are excited. Hope that you are ready. Hope you got your uh, note-taking devices, however it is that you do it, because you're certainly going to need to do it today. Uh, got, a, got a lot of interesting and good feedback from uh, last week um, in the process of time. It was a very, very strong word that, that the Lord brought to us and that we were able to dive in and, and conversate on. And uh, we actually are going to uh, be staying in that vein. Excuse me. We're actually going to be staying in that vein today. We're going to just uh, continue the conversation of in the process of time. So this just be part two uh, of that because I really feel like that there is uh, there's there's a little bit more for us to be able to explore. Now, of course, you know it's it's exhaustive, so we're going to keep going until uh, the Holy Spirit prompts us to go in another direction. But uh, the Word of God, in and of itself, is exhaustive. You you might be able to read. Uh, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but you'll never extract all that there is to pull out and extract from the Word because it's living. It's a li- it's a living thing. It's a living, breathing thing, and that's why I can't I can't ever get to a point to where I will know all that I need to know from it. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of reading uh, a scripture that you might have memorized years ago and you know it by heart. But as you approach it with a sense of humility, God will open up and unveil something more to you. And so that's that's where we're about to get ready to go Uh, this morning. I'm going to invite everybody to turn to um, we're going to start in Matthew 16, Matthew 16, uh, starting at verse 18. That'll be where we start. You know how I do it, though. I got a lot of scriptures to uh, plead my case. So just make sure that, that you notate them or you can go back and watch this whenever it, it uh, uh, goes up on the page. And you'll be able to go back and uh, take a look at it and, and get your notes that way. But we're still talking about in the process of time. Remember also, too, this this is under the umbrella of as it is, okay? We, we have not left as it is. We're still, we're still discussing the kingdom of God. We're still laying line upon line and precept upon precept of the nuances of the kingdom of God. Because remember, your citizenship has not been placed in heavens, Philippians 2. We haven't talked about that one yet, but we're going to get there. Your citizenship has been placed in heaven. So now that you are a citizen of heaven, you've got to have a sense of knowing, a sense of comprehension, a sense of knowledge, of how do I navigate in this kingdom to be able to make to, to make sure that the, the addition that's been promised to me, the blessing that's been promised to me is something that actually breaks forth in my life and I'm not just one of those people that shouts about it on weekends. Yep, here we go. I feel I feel it churning. I feel it churning. I can't I can't live my life celebrating something that I never possess. If I'm going to celebrate it, if I'm going to clap about it, I'm going to see it break forth within my life. I'm going to see it manifest. I'm going to be a part of praying it into existence that thy kingdom will come and thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
going to grab a hold to the set of word that has been declared over my life and I'm going to see it break forth in fruition not only in my life but in all those who would come from me all those who would come out of my loins my children my grandchildren and all of those who God would put me in relationship with within my lifetime I'm going to see something break forward within their life now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly far above whatever it is that we can ask hope or think for according to something that is at work within us God has something that is at work within you but you've got to have some sense of understanding that you can attach to what is at work within you so that you have foundation for it to stand on and break forth into your life as it is as it is on earth as it is in heaven as it is currently right now if you were to go there right now and be able to look around and get a snapshot of the infrastructure and how heaven runs that's what we're crying out for here within the earth and that's what I am believing to break forth within our life in a way to where every aspect of our life is acquiesced and brought in under subjection to the rule and the command of the kingdom of heaven. So that's that's where we're going. That's where we're going with this. Whew, that felt good. That just felt good to say. Because every now and then when, when, you, when you're in something for so long, you just need to be refreshed as to the why. That's the why. To the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Who rules forever and ever. That's why we talk about this. That's why we're in this discussion. Because heaven's blueprint is so much better than the one we got. And that's the one that we need to see break forth. Because the one that is just of the world and apart from heaven breeds chaos and division and strife and envy and manipulation. These things are not kingdom ethics. They do not bring out the greater good of who it is that we've been called to be. So we need another template. And we've got one in heaven. But let's talk about it a little bit. Father, we thank you for this time that we're about to embark in your word. Grass, whether the flower fades, but it is the word of the living God that stands forever. And so now, God, we, we, we set ourselves up and posture ourselves as living sacrifices so that the activity of the word, for the word is active and powerful. The power and the activity, the activeness of the Word of God will come and do what it does best. We ask, Holy Spirit, you being the master teacher, the master coach, the master communicator, that you would come and take the tool of the Word of God, challenge us, shape us, instruct us, correct us, inspire us, teach us, comfort us. Give us that sense of hope that what we have is the answer. Give us that sense of assurance that what we study, what we've given our lives to is the answer. All hearts are seeking the kingdom whether they realize it or not. And as we are seeking the kingdom, I thank you, Lord, that you said it's been given to, it's been given to those who seek that they will be the ones that know. And as we progress in the journey of knowing, I thank you, Lord, 
that we also have attached with that the responsibility of distribution. And I want to just know so that my life will be blessed. And I want to just know just so that you would break things out in my life and break me through. But that then I become an agent of breakthrough. I become a carrier of breakthrough on your behalf to all those who need to know that you love them, to all those that need to know that your word still reigns true, to all those that need to know that the price has been paid, that they may be redeemed back. And so, Father, as we're about to have the conversation, we're in the process of time. We make space for you. Do what it is that you do best. And may everyone walk away from this time, walk away from this moment stronger than they were when the moment first began, including the one holding the microphone. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Ryan. In the process of time, in the process of time, just a just a quick recap. I don't I don't want to stick in it too much, but it is it's it's so good. It's such good meat. I might I might stick around here a little bit longer if I get into uh, a good bit of of a rehash. But just want to rehearse last week. Last week, we we got into the concept and understanding and and talking about eternity compared to time. Eternity compared to time. Understanding that the kingdom that we are a part of is a kingdom that is based in eternity. It has activity in time, but its base and its headquarters is in eternity. With it being headquartered within eternity, that means all things that control it come from a realm that is not subject to time. We also found uh, a resting place in the scripture in Psalm 119 where we, where we discuss that uh, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. With the word being settled in heaven and, be, and the kingdom also being in that same space, the kingdom is, is the, uh, the, the realm. The kingdom is the place where we receive of the word of God. It is the place also where we have and hold citizenship. Now, I hold citizenship in a place that is eternal, but I myself am confined to time right now because I am someone that is in the earth. And time is something that is only confined to the place of the earth. But I have this spoken word that is over me that is settled. And whenever I am uh, settled with, with, with a word, I have a settled word that is over me, though I be in time, I have something that is not subject to time, meaning anything that I go through within my life from present moment of uh, receiving a promise from God, present moment of a word of God being spoken over me, present moment or past moment of something that God has spoken to me that this is going to break forth in your life. This is something that's going to come. This is something I'm going to perform. This is something that I'm going to do. When I get something like that from God, I've received something that is settled and eternal. So that means just because I received the word in that present moment doesn't necessarily mean that in that present moment it's going to break out. Okay? It might not break out exactly when I receive it, but that doesn't mean that it does not hold truth to it because I have something that has been settled and established in eternity, meaning that no matter what it is that happens within time, no matter what it is that I might find myself facing is a present moment, if it does not match what the settled word has been that's been spoken over me, 
then I don't have to accept that as truth and accept that as reality because the settled word is what holds the greater weight. Amen. The settled word is what holds the greater weight. So we're going to keep going with that. Uh, um, Keep going with that thought process. Keep going with that conversation. And just keep looking at uh, the, the other places in the word of God that just continue to drive these points home. But I wanted us to start in Matthew 16 because I, I wanted to uh, remind us once again. This has been something that, it, that has been discussed uh, before. But I need us to go back into it and I need us to, to gain a, a greater grasp on it so that we recognize the true call and the 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 true authority and and the real power that God has given us as the church to be able to move and to operate in on a daily basis on a daily basis what it what it is that we have access to by way of being a part of the church that he was building the intention we're about to look at the original intention that he had in mind when he was going to build the church so Tristan go ahead and uh drop those scriptures on me and let's let's do some work Let's do some work. Need to get you get your uh, study ears, study cap. What was that 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 was said in school? Thinking cap. Yeah, that's it. Get you get your thinking cap on. All right, Matthew sixteen. Uh, looking at verses eighteen and nineteen, coming in uh, the Passion Translation right now. Speaks. Uh, I give you now. That, uh, give you a quick synopsis, right quick. This is uh, this is around when uh, Peter had uh, received the revelation from God that Jesus was the Christ. So Jesus was not just this really awesome prophet. He was not just this really cool miracle worker. He was literally the son of the living God, the only begotten son of the living God who had been who had been wrapped in flesh and had come forward, Emmanuel, God with us, and had been the one who is to fulfill all of the prophecies that had been spoken of the coming Messiah. He was the full embodiment of that. And Peter has received that revelation from God, and he ushers it out. And, and Jesus is commending him for that, and then he says this statement also. Verse 18, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation. So you are the Christ, the son of living God. That's what Peter said. And then Jesus says that this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I build. He's okay. So he's building something on which I build my church, my legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Give me verse 19. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Give me verse 18. Again, give me verse 18. Okay? So upon this bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower. Hold, hold it right there. Hold it right there. So, so, the revelation is given, who he is. He says, upon the revelation of who he is, that will, set, that will be set as the foundation for the church to be able to be built. So the church is built by way of revelation, the bedrock revelation being who Jesus is. Stop. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This just came to me. I cannot 
afford to be one who is a part of the church and lack in revelation. I cannot afford to be someone that is a part of the legislative assembly, yet I don't have any revelation that is alive within me pertaining to what it is that I am a part of. I can't, I can't afford to live waiting for somebody to entertain me or waiting for somebody to lull me in or waiting for somebody to aspire me to be one that is receptive of revelation. If you are a part of the church, a part of the legislative assembly, the only, the only reason that I'm actually able to be a part of that is because I stand on revelation. I stand on the word. I stand on my study of the word. I stand on having a hunger and an appetite for God to say something to me through his word and for God to speak to me through his word. I've got to have a steady influx of the word of God. I've got to have a steady diet coming in of the word of God. I've got to have a steady diet to where past my emotion, past what I'm feeling, I take the scriptures and I allow them to come into me and to examine what it is that is happening within me because that's the only way that I'm actually able to be a part of the church. Now, we've got to take our understanding of the church past uh, the demographic of where we live, past the demographic of where what it is that we grew up around past the demographic or whatever it is that has built a case as to what it is that we known church to be that's why I pulled up the passion translation because I love the research and the work that Dr. Simmons did with this because he let us know that what Jesus was saying is that it's not just this not just any kind of collective group of people it is specifically a legislative assembly that he took ownership of. He said, it's my legislative assembly. So upon the bedrock of him being the Christ, I'm going to raise up a group of people who will serve as my legislative assembly and the power of death would not be able to overpower them. Why list the power of death? Because at that time, that was the greatest power and that was the power that everyone had some sense of fear of. Everybody had some sense of fear of death. Even today, there are many people who have a great dread toward death and dying and all things that cause an end to life here because I'm scared as to what is next. But for those of us who are part of the church, I said for those of us who are a part of the church of the living God, we recognize that there's a blessed hope that we have to where I don't have to fear the grave. I don't have to fear the grave. I don't have to fear sin. I don't have to fear death. I do not fear hell. There is nothing about any of those components that make me scared in any shape, way, or fashion because I recognize that what I am a part of has been built up in such a way to where the power that death used to hold no longer has that over me. Come on, family. I need you with me. Power of death, so long as Jesus be Christ and Lord and Savior of your life, no longer has a say-so over you. To where, yes, it is appointed unto every man wants to die, the Bible says. But I do not fear that day coming to me because I know where it is that I'm headed and I know where my citizenship is held. My citizenship is held in heaven. Now, let's dive into legislative assembly a little bit. Let's dive into that a little bit. The Greek word for church that is being used here by the Lord is the Greek word ecclesia or ecclesia, however it is that, uh, that you say it, which means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is, this is not a religious term. 
at all, but rather a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. For Jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to his church. To his church. We have been discussing it all this year. The fact that you are a part of a kingdom, you are a part of a government. You are not a part of a religion. This is not a subsection of Christianity to where it is just another religious sect of it. This is a political move. This is a political advancement to where the kingdom of God is advancing by way of his people and advancing within the hearts of people. And he has selected his church, raised his church up to be able to legislate or enact the... To legislate means to to propose or enact law. To propose and enact law. So those of us that be a part of the church, it's not just it's not just me being a good person. It's not just me making right decisions as opposed to wrong. It is about taking the law of the word of God and proposing and enforcing it into the earth realm to where things that are going on around me, starting first off within my my uh, in my sphere and where I have greatest influence. I take that area and I dominate it by legislating the law of the word of God into uh, the situation and into wherever it is that I am. As I develop that practice, what is happening is I am rising up in who it is God made me to be. And as a result, when I operate in that realm and I operate to that peak potential that Jesus knew that we had, that's why he called us to be the legislative assembly. He says that the power of death will not be able to overpower. Give me verse 19 let's jump on that right quick because we're going to examine a little bit and look and see what it is that, that that's happening thank you i will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that is that which is forbidden in heaven release on earth that which is released in heaven in other words taking the word of god and 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 using it in a way to where it it causes the reflection of heaven to be shown and released within the earth so I take the word of God and whatever it is that is happening in heaven I release that on earth by way of the word now let's keep let's keep going with this and move, move into our next set of scriptures because I just wanted to, to bring that up to remind us that as the church we have been called as the legislative arm the legislative arm. Now, we, now we're talking government. If you think, if you think about the U.S. government, so it might be people watching who, who are not from the U.S. But within the U.S. government, we have we have the uh, we have that the uh, executive branch, which is which is uh, where, where the president is. But then we we also have the I, I am losing the name of it. But we basically have a three three prong. A form of government to where every, the all sense of total power is not given to to one particular area. And in not being given to one particular area, we have what is called Congress and legislators, Senate, senators and, and, and uh, representatives and congressmen who are there, who, who come together to propose and enact or legislate laws on behalf of those of us who have, vote, who have voted them in. And we're seeing a similar type of language that the Lord is using pertaining to his church to be able to legislate and bring forth into the earth the law 
laws that govern his kingdom. Now, let's keep going and look, look at the potency of the law because the potency of the law, which is the word of God, it has a potency that once again, as we uh, uncovered and unpacked last week, is not something that is bound by time. Give me uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to look at a few verses within this, uh, verses 9 through 11 and then 14 to 15. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. Verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Hold it right there, uh, Tristan. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything is made beautiful within its time. So every, everything that God has set, everything that God has made, everything that God has created, he has given a, a sense of time to it. And within that time, he says that it is beautiful as long as it is within its time. As long as it's within its time, as long as it is flowing with the divine synchronization and syncopation to what God has set. In motion, there is a beauty that comes with that. There's a beauty that comes with manifestation coming within the time that God has set. Can I stop right, right quick out of the midst of the teaching and encourage you that there is a beautiful time that God has set for you. That there's a beautiful time that God has set over your life. That God has already predetermined the time in which beauty will break forth within your life to a greater capacity than what it has been already up until this point because it, it is fitting for us to always make sure because we are told in scripture that we are supposed to uh, be thankful in all things to give thanks in all seasons to give thanks unto God at all times as I learn how to give thanks unto God at all times what I'm doing is I'm cacti I'm capturing the beautiful moments that happen around me all the time and every day because every day I've got something to be thankful for. But as I'm developing that muscle of being grateful and developing that muscle of gratitude each and every day, I believe according to this scripture of revelation that we can pull is that there, there are those times that have a greater sense of beauty. There's, there's something that, that is massive. There, there is something that's going to break forth and break through. There is, there is is that which you have set before God for a long and extended time it coming to fruition but it comes to fruition within its time it comes to fruition and comes to life within the set time that it has you don't want a prophetic word to break forth in your life outside of the time and season that it should you don't want a word that, and a promise that God has given to break forth and for it to be handed to you, but you have not gone through the maturation process to be able to handle what it is that was said to you. you, you we don't want that. We, we might try and fight in our head. I know I have. Let me just talk about me for a moment. I have fought in my head and fought in my heart against God to tell him that I was ready for something that he knew I wasn't. And for me to try to debate God 
as to I'm ready for this, and, and he's telling me that it, that I'm not, and, by, and he's telling me the, the loudest way that he's telling me is that it hadn't broke forth in my life yet. It hadn't broke forth in my life yet because for it to break forth in my life at that time would not come forward in beauty. It wouldn't be beautiful. It wouldn't have been beautiful. It made a mess. So, so pure word, pure word, prophetic utterance was accurate. But because it did not break forth in the proper time and season, its beauty was taken away from it. And then it ended up causing destruction. It, ended up put, it ends up putting you uh, months, weeks, years back. You have to go and apologize. You got to have correctiveness. All this stuff that, that, that happens to us when we get outside of that divine timing and divine calendar. So I wanted to stop and just encourage us that there is a beautiful time. But God has that time. And he made everything beautiful in its time. And then on top of that, he put eternity within their hearts. Now, who is, who is the they? He put eternity in their hearts. These are the sons of men. That's you and I. That's people. He has placed eternity within our hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God uh, does from beginning to end. So let's, di- let's dive into that in a little bit. Eternity into the hearts of men. I believe, I believe that this is that, that utopic cry that is within the heart of humanity. And everybody has, has that cry within them that says that I know something exists that has this sense of perfection to it, that has this sense of, of realness, and, it, and it's beautiful. It's something I can lean on. It's something that I can trust, and it's something that will give me a great sense of fulfillment and purpose and excitement with, within my life. We all have that cry for that kind of utopia within us. Governments do their best to, to, to work toward it. Uh, Hollywood has captured the concept of this because they write scripts in such a way that feeds that within us. And that's why we watch that movie and we like that movie. Most of us who watch those movies that, that have that sense of happy ending, it has that sense of happy ending because it taps into that, that, inner, that inner utopic cry within us that wants to see people win, that wants to see the world uh, flipped right side up, that wants to see things that are happening in the way that they should because we're, we were built from, from a sense of real purity to, be, to, to see that happen and to engage with that. I believe that this is what this is talking about. He's placed eternity within the hearts because in eternity, being developed and designed by Almighty God, eternity is that. It, it, is, it is the answer to that. It is, it is the homestead of the kingdom of God, which is the answer to that cry within the heart. So he's put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. So we have eternity that is alive within us, within that aspect, but not so much so to where I will be able to figure God out. Not so much so to where I will be able to know that the happenings and the workings of God from start to finish, from the beginning to end. Or in other words, how he's able to navigate and move on time in the way that he is. I'm not going to be invited into it to where I will be a co-equal with God within that aspect. Because time is encased inside of God. Give me, uh, give me verses 14 and 15. 
right quick. Verses 14 and 15 of Ecclesiastes. 14, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. 15, that which is has already been. And that which is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. Hold, hold, hold right there. That which is, that which is to be. So we still, so we still have this, 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 concept, this concept of time. So that which is, that which is to be. So the is and the to be. That which is, already been. Is to be, has already been. So the both of these are in the already of God. Already. Meaning what? He is not bound to a sense of beginning and ending. Nor is anything else that is connected to him, i.e. his word, connected to a sense of being restricted by time. Because that which is for us, present, past to God. That which has yet to come for us, tomorrow, past to God. So if that's how it works with the natural component of time. How much more that which he has spoken into your life and spoken over you. Give, give me uh, the message version of, uh, of this. Yes, Ecclesiastes 3.15, the message. Whatever was, is. Now, it says a little bit different. Whatever was, is. Whatever will be, is. That's how it always is with God. If you, if you, if you remember, I, I need, just, just need you to go back to a few weeks ago when we, when we unlocked the revelation of just how eternity is. Remember, that, that's been said quite a bit with us. Eternity is. We're talking about the isness of God. And when we navigate within the kingdom through the settled word, through the spoken word, through what it is that God has released through his word, we are dealing with something that came from, came from a space where it is. This is the word. This is the promise. This is the manifestation. This is how it's going to be. This is, this is the is, this is the reality. So when that reality comes from up high and comes to be with us into the earth realm, it does not lose the potency of is. It doesn't take off eternity and now become restricted to time to where now it has a past, a present, and a future. No, it is. If the, if the word of healing is that which is, which is in eternity, when it comes forward, whether I was born in 1875 or in 2020, that word still reigns true and holds just as much potency because it's not bound by time. That's how, that's how from ages old and, and generations before us, they read the same text and the same scriptures received the same word. And now here I am in 2020 reading the same text 
text reading the same scripture because the same God wrote the same promise in eternity and the isness of it at that time for my great 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 grandfather holds the same potency and isness in my time to where I can declare the same thing and get the same result because it is an isness factor to it and it has not lost its potency and the reality of the word just as it was in eternity is just as potent and real for me now that thy kingdom would come and thy will would be done on earth as it is as it is in heaven talking about how, how as it is there is an is breakthrough is healing is deliverance is abundance is clarity of mind is restoration of family is it is and and ooh, thank you lord it is not something that i'm going after because it already is I need you to catch that one by faith. I, 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 I need you to engage with it faith. Because, because no, no my, my happenings in life might not look like and have the picture of what the promise is. But by faith, I receive and rest in the fact that if I got the word, it is so within my life. It is so. I got an example of this. I did not get uh, permission for, for this story. But there's a family that is within our church that just experienced miraculous breakthrough for someone, that, someone that's in their family. Young man was, was dealing with a form of cancer in his body. Okay? Now, he's a young man, about 14 years old, I believe. The word of healing is, this is something that is an eternal promise. So an eternal promise of healing was released before his father's father's father was talking about. Word of healing was released. So there's something that is and something that is eternal that was already set and settled in heaven. Here he comes. He's born into the earth. 14 years goes by, we hit this season. 14 years go by, we hit this season to where there is uh, an interruption and there is something that is opposing an eternal word that rests on his life. So what happens? The word is declared. I, I was a part of, of praying as many, many people were praying and declaring, talk with the family, talk with the dad, pray with them. We declare the word of God. We declare that something that is eternal would come forth and the isness of it would break forth within his life. Break forth within his life, thereby showing its potency over the time-restricted issue that was attacking his body at the time. We pray in the moment 
then it may have appeared that there was nothing that was actually happening with the structure of his body. But in the process of time, <laughs> in the process of time, as time became much more aware of what it was dealing with, because what time was trying to, to keep itself away from and what time was trying to go up against was something that was eternal. And time don't have enough time to outlast eternity. Time does not have enough time within it to be able to come up against something that is eternal and say that it's not going to obey. Because I am most happy and shouted as soon as I got the report that the young man's body has not acquiesced itself to the word that was eternal over his body and the doctors have not been able to find the cancer that they were able to find at one time because of the subtle word that is over his life that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. There's a word That when it is put up against time, time is no match. For whatever was, is. Whatever will be, is. That young brother was healed. That young brother is healed. That young brother will be healed. And all of that is with God. Because when it comes from the realm of eternity, we are dealing with the isness. We deal with the is, and it's just as potent right now as it was when he said it. My God in heaven. Ooh, hallelujah. So we... We as the church, we as the church, have been given the force of his word to legislate and enforce within the earth. That was an example of how it works. We legislate and enforce the word in the earth. Earth bows itself to the potency of the word of God and adjusts. To where whatever the word has spoken and declared, that is what comes to pass. Now let's dive a little bit deeper. In, let's dive a little bit deeper in, uh, in the word and in this process of how it works exactly. I mean, uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 55. Starting at verse 8. Classic scripture. Pretty popular. Sure most know it, but, let, but let's look at it a little bit. See, see what the Lord says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than than your ways. So let's, let's look at this. Let's draw this out a little bit. So we drew this, drew this out last week, but let's do it again. So we got heaven. We've got earth. 
We've got his ways. We've got his thoughts. So we've got his ways, his actions. Then we've got his thoughts, which drive why he, why he does what he does. And he says to us that how I do it in heaven is higher than how you function within earth. So we got ways. We've got ways. We've got thoughts. But they are not on the same frequency and on the same pattern as God. Hence why we have to cry out that his kingdom will come and his will will be done. And the whole process of repentance and all, the, all of the messages that we talked about that. Remember, repentance is changing the way that I what? Think. Not just being sorry. Not just being sorry. It's changing the process of, of how I think and how I process information. Why? So that, that there's a matching that happens with how heaven, how heaven's ways and heaven's thoughts operate, that mine would be able to be the same way. So let's, let's look at it, though. Let's keep going. So uh, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Give me the next one. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Give me a verse 10, please. Verse 10, Tristan. Thank you. For as the rain comes down in the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. I want to bring up this, uh, this natural process that, that Isaiah gets to us in the first half of this verse. So the rain comes down, snow comes down from heaven, and they don't return there. So in that natural process of rain, I'm not sure what the whole cycle is called, but you, but you, have, you have evaporation where the water comes up from the earth, and it's, it's, in, and it's in vapor form. Once it gets into the clouds, there's a process called condensation that happens, which turns that vapor into liquid. And then you know as a cloud, when a cloud gets too full, it releases it in the form of rain precipitation. So now it's coming down in the liquid form back, back into earth. So that's the process that happens. Now, all of it is water. All of it is water, but it's not all in the same form. It's not all in the same form. And so as the rain comes down and the snow comes from heaven and they don't return there, but water the earth, make it bring forth in bud, and it may give seed to the soil, bread to the eater. What are we saying here? It, it is saying rain is, an, rain is an initiator of a process. Rain is an initiator and a jump starter 
to the process that causes something to come forth and bud. And then it produces a crop and then it gives seed to the soil and bread to the ear. So that same process of how of how a word how how the, the, the rain comes down and then it evaporates up and it condenses. And so it's, we got that cycle that's going to give me verse eleven. So that so that cycle as to how water works to take care of the earth, so shall the word be that goes forth. Now what now watch this now. Just 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 flow flow with me here with this. Let me make sure let me make sure that I'm staying staying with this. So rain and snow are the forms of the life-giving element of water. They only come from heaven, cannot be manufactured or man-made. Neither can the word of God. Rain initiates production process and so does the word of God. Now, the word coming forth from God in heaven is in is spirit. Remember Jesus said that my words are spirit and they are life. Remember that? So when, when he's speaking something to us, he's speaking something to us, he's speaking something to us that is spiritual in nature. So it is in one form. When it makes its way to us, just as the rain comes down in that liquid form, but as it rises back up, it doesn't go back up in liquid. Now it's turned into a vapor. What am I saying? It came, the word came to us in spirit. But when it comes into the earth, I really can't do anything necessarily with just something that is spiritual in nature because I am a physical person. So when something spiritual is spoken to me, what should be happening is that there's a transformation that happens within my physical realm. There's a transformation that happens within my physical realm. Let's take it back to the young brother that, that was healed of the cancer. A, 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 a spiritual word was released that healing is the children's bread. A spiritual word was released that by the stripes of the Christ we have been healed. Healing can't just stay spiritual. There is such a thing as spiritual healing. Yes, there is such a thing as being healed in my inner man. Absolutely. I need that because, because my prosperity is off of that. Beloved, I pray that you will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. But I can't just let it stay there. And see, that's where God is wanting us to come back to in raising our expectation and raising our faith. Because what it is that we are believing to break forth is not just something that stays spiritual and not just something that stays soul. But that is something that actually touches the tangibleness and the tangible reality of my life to where there's something that transforms with me in the physical realm. So he was dealing with a physical sickness that was trying to take him out. Something spiritual was released, came forward into the earth and broke out in his body to where now doctors look at him and can't find what they used to find. Because so shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Or in other words, it can't return back to me the same way I sent it. <laughs> it can't return back to me in the same way that I sent it. But let's look, let's look a little bit deeper. I did a little more work on that, on that word of void. So can't return back into me void also means empty. Can't return back into me empty, but check this out. Void, when you dig into it in its original language, means pertaining to being without anything which is expected in the situation. 
and so implying a dissatisfaction since an expectation has not been fulfilled. Let me work this right here. Let me, let me read it one more time. Read it one more time. Pertaining to being without anything which is expected in a situation. Stop. When the word of the Lord is declared, who declares something that they don't expect to come to pass? Who in their right mind would say something without expectation? Of that which I have said, especially when it comes to the word of God, that which I have said, not happening, not coming to pass. When I pray, when I cry out, when I lift my voice with the word of God within it, I am doing that with expectation that what it is that is being said is actually being heard and being responded to. Now. Digging into that word void, God said that when word goes forth from his mouth, he has an expectation on it. God never talks with expectation of what he said not happening, being attached to it. That's the definition of it shall not return unto me void. So whatever I release from myself, God says, it will not Come back to me not having fulfilled the expectation that I attach to it. The expectation that I have attached to it is packed in what I said. When I said that by the stripes they are healed. When I said the silver and gold is mine. When I said that I, I will take care and supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. When I said that if they seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to them. When I have said these things, I have packed inside of it what I expect to happen as a result of what I said. So when I really Release a word from me. You are forbidden to come back to me, not having fulfilled the expectation that I said and then that I said it to you. The very fact that I said that shows what I expect to see happen, and it shall not return unto me, boy. It shall not return unto me, boy, pertaining to being without anything which is expected in the situation. When God releases a word, there is an expectation over the situation for it to shift and for it to change. And so implying a dissatisfaction since an expectation has not been fulfilled. Meaning what? When the word is released... It is released with, with the prepackaged expectation of what it is that it has been sent to do and sent to prosper in, which means, which means that the word of God, catch this here, the word of God is forbidden to disappoint me. The word of God is forbidden to disappoint. Y'all not hearing me. I can't hear nobody. I can't hear nobody shouting with me. The word of God is forbidden to disappoint. 
It can it cannot breed dissatisfaction of, of it not coming to pass and it not breaking forth. Why? Because for it to do that would mean that it could go back void. And according to this text, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But instead of being empty and creating dissatisfaction and creating disappointment. Let me stop before I go there. This means if I am suffering from some, some form of disappointment, what it's not attached to is the word. The, the, the breeding ground, I, I'm preaching to me if I ain't preaching to nobody else. I'm preaching to me. The breeding ground of my frustration and disappointment is not a result of the word. It is a result of somewhere where I have gotten off track of what it is that I'm dealing with. Because we, we, we done built a good solid case for the potency of the word and how it is not subjected to the, affair, to the affairs of earth and not subjected to my emotions, not subjected to how it is that I'm feeling. Because I'm dealing with the God who has constructed the heavens and constructed all things that I cannot. If you read the book of Job, you will see Job having this kind of dialogue with God. And God checked him really quick, asking him, were you there when I set the heavens in order? Were you there when I told the ocean you can only come this far? Were you there when I planted every single, when I planted the trees? And were you there when I, when I set, the line of, when set the line of the foundations of the earth? Were you there when, uh, when the stars above, all of them have been numbered? Tell, tell me about that process. Tell me, Job, were you there for that? To which Job could say, I, I have no response. I have no response. Meaning what? That if I am dealing with frustration of any kind, it is not because of a lack of effectiveness of the word. So I've got to be able to pinpoint where that is coming from. Most of the time for me, it is a lack of patience because I feel like this, should, this is something that should have come to pass by now. But as we are talking about this Sunday and we open up last Sunday, remember, is in the process of time. In the process of time, I don't let time weigh me down to talk me out of what it is that I know that I have heard. Because as we are looking at right now, what I know I heard can't go back to God empty. It can't go back to God in the same form. It can't go back to God having, having, brought, having brought disappointment. So, so, so long as it's something that hasn't broke forth out, out of my life and whatnot, I know that it hadn't returned back to God. But it shall accomplish what I please. Who's the I? God. Shall accomplish what God pleases. So it would do me well to make sure that what I'm thinking and what pleases God are the same thing. Because if what I'm thinking and what I'm seeing is not what pleases God, guess who's going to win that? But it shall accomplish what I please, says God. And it shall prosper in the Thing for which I sent it. 
it will prosper. It will succeed. It will win in the thing in which I have sent it forth. That which God has declared and spoken over you will win out in the end. When it is all said and done, that which God has spoken and declared over you will prosper in the thing in which it was sent to fulfill and it was sent to do. Because it... it this this is showing us too how the word is is a servant of God. Pleasure, taking care of what what pleases Him, what is pleasurable to Him. Which, if you think about it, is just another form of Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth, as it is in heaven. Give me, give me uh, Isaiah 46. I'm, I'm landing. I'm landing here now. Give me just a few more moments. Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 11. These, these just preach by themselves, just reading them. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Or in other words, my ways, my thoughts, who I am in a class by itself. Interesting how how both in Isaiah 55 and right here, the beginning text that we came to set, set the motion for who it is that we're dealing with. So, so before I get into the side of this is what I need you to do, Lord, before I get into the side of this is what I'm asking, God wants to make sure that we recognize who it is that we're asking. Making sure that we don't, don't get it twisted and approach in heart or approach in attitude as if I'm talking to somebody that's just like me. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. So with that in mind, that should form my approach. That should form the approach. I am God. There's none other. I am God. There's none like me. Then This one right here, boy. Declaring the end from the beginning. So, so, so most of the time, well, in fact, all the time. It's just how, just how the earth works. We work from beginning to end. But with God, works from end to beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Verse 11. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Go, jump back to verse 10 for me. Because we established in verse 9 the sovereign, sovereign rulership. The sovereign rulership that he holds over all the earth, over all the heavens, that there is no equal. 
No one close to being an equal within him. Declaring the end from the beginning. This, this, this is how he separates himself. This is how King, King Yahweh, Almighty God, separates himself and saying, No one can be with my no one can be within my sphere in the sense of being equal with me in essence. Now we have been made co-heirs. With Christ, we 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 are spiritual beings and we are spiritual royalty. We are ambassadors by way of Him giving us access into being in that role, which gives us a sense of spiritual authority to where, when we release whatever it is that He has spoken by way of His Word, something actually happens and something actually moves because of the authority that we hold, not because how good we are, but by in the name of who we're doing it in, which is in the name of Jesus the Christ. But God separates himself in saying I'm higher, I'm stronger I'm greater because I am the only one who can declare the end from the beginning I'm the only one who who makes chapter end chapter one I'm the only one that has finished, finished you out and finished your life saw how I wanted to end and then I worked my way back to make sure that when you come into existence in beginning that everything works out in the way that it needs to to get you to that intended end because there's a word that I have released and it can't come back to me boy I settle it in heaven before I give it to you so it's set in motion from an eternal perspective so, by, so when it gets to time and it's on its mission in time it has no choice but to obey the set order that it got from a space that's not bound by time so that which has been declared over you is for sure has to come to pass because the end of it got got finished first before the beginning of it got started meaning what if there's any any type of breakthrough or there's any kind of form of movement that you've got progressing in your life already you see signs of healing you see signs of breakthrough you see signs of deliverance you see signs of things in life coming together and the puzzle pieces of life beginning to form and to come together you're seeing signs of that that should be sign enough and encouragement that if I'm seeing a beginning phase of something there surely has to be an end at a completion because in order for me to have gotten started God already had to finish Nothing gets started with me until God has already brought the full completion to it. In eternity. But must be walked out and played in time. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things not yet done. You know a classic example of this? Biblical prophecy. 500 plus years between for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government be upon his shoulder and Mary in the manger declaring from ancient times things not yet to come but what the fact that it was settled and eternal this is something that is going to happen something that's going to break forth something that's going to break through the word of God is going to be released and break through within your life I'm not the one that brings it to pass I'm talking to you on behalf of the one who does and letting you know that the potency of what it is that he has spoken holds a greater potency and greater reality over your life than what it is that you are facing 
in this time. He declares the end from the beginning, from ancient times, that which is not yet done. His counsel will stand and he will do what pleases him. The king. The king. But I'm still subjected to in the process of time. Why? Because I live in the earth. But I have to make sure that I always keep a, a, a sharp acuteness and a sharp awareness of keeping time in check and saying, although you might extend longer than what I thought, you will not talk me out of what I know I have heard. Give me verse 11, please. You can play with me, Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up here. Calling a bird of prey from the east and the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Just showing just how far, how far the extension of his, of his reach is. I can call this from here, call this from the north, call this from the east, call this from the south, and you don't have a clue about it. This is how I'm able to have higher ways and higher thoughts. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. Indeed, I, God, have spoken it, and I, God, will also bring it to pass. Stop trying to help the word. Stop trying to help the word manifest. The word needs no help in his, in his manifestation process. The word is well able to manifest itself on its own. Needs no help. Needs no aid. But what, what are we doing when, when we attach works? Because faith with the work. What, what are you doing? You, you're, building yourself, you're building yourself to be that much stronger of a container to actually possess what's been spoken. I'm not helping the word. The word's going to do what it's going to do because it got its orders in eternity. But what I am doing is setting me up to be a greater container to be able to hold what it is that has been spoken and that he's going to bring to pass and that he has purpose and he will do it he will do it God will do it God will bring it forward God will bring it to pass give me my last scripture Tristan please number 23 and I'm done God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should have to repent has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received the command to bless. He, being God, has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. That was the, uh, the prophet Balaam speaking to uh, uh, Balak. Balak, B-A-L-A-K. In Numbers 23, because he was someone who wanted the children of Israel cursed for his evil selfish purposes and the prophet Balaam told him what God said that God's not a man that he should lie son of man that he should have to repent if he said something it's going to come to pass he has blessed this people and there's nothing in me that can reverse that because once someone has been blessed by God there is no amount of evil 
that can reverse that off of their life. You've been blessed. You are blessed. And there's nothing within life that should strike such fear within you to where it, it can reverse what God has set in motion. What God has set forward and what God has set in motion by way of the settled word and that which he has spoken declaring the end from the beginning is breaking through has broken through will break through into your life bring about such a transformation bring about such an evidence with it to where you know the word of God is strong the word of God is real the word of God is true. Come on, put your hands together right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that as the rains and the snow come from heaven and they're higher, come forth, cause production in the earth that your higher spoken word comes in, comes in earth, comes in us, comes in earth. And calls the production process of something to bud forth, something to break forth, something to be released within our life, Lord. Remind us once again, God, of the ambassador-like responsibilities that we hold and the legislative authority that we hold, that we would continue to legislate, enforce, and act the law of your word into the earth, God, so that we can see the manifestation of your kingdom coming, your will being done in earth, on earth, as it is in heaven, God. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for empowering us in this time, Lord. We acknowledge your goodness and we say thank you that we walk in front away from this moment stronger than we were when it first began. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, fam. Thanks so much for being with us uh, today for the broadcast. We will see you next week. Love you.